0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Paragold, a church committed to making the real Jesus known to every man, woman, and child. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagold.com. Well, good morning. Hope you had a good weekend. Anybody? Good? Not over? Friday night, I worked more than I usually work. I was exhausted Friday night. I was so tired, I didn't want to play golf, which is pretty tired if you know me. Took an easy night. Woke up Saturday morning. Uh, slept in about 8. Made, actually, I went and got me a good old Shadrach's uh, Americano, and I read my Bible. had a great time with God in John 21, and uh, it was really encouraging. And... Had the yard to mow, had bills to pay, and a budget to rework. But, man, my Americano wasn't quite done yet, so I wanted to get some other work done. I'm, and so, uh, I don't know if you ever uh, have to teach or, or speak. Uh, I've got a couple of speaking engagements out. Uh, one's next week, I had to speak in, uh, to Memphis to some church planters about the concept of eldering and lessons learned. And so I said, well, I'm just going to get that and type out some initial notes on that. And what happened was... Uh, God kept bringing my attention back because I'm preaching here, September 2nd, three weeks from today, or so I thought. And so I sat there and did something I've never done before. I mean, God just blessed me and gave me a little outline and a passage uh, in Acts 8 that we're going to look at in a minute. And I went ahead and typed up most of the sermon, I promise you. I, I've never done that like a week in advance, much less th- three weeks in advance. I had no idea why. Until Jared called about four years, they said, "Well, I'm sick. I'm probably going to make it, but I'm just letting you know, stay filled with the Spirit tonight." That was my instructions. So came up here at a great wedding, Jordan Ashley, uh, right here in this room, and uh, went home. Jared texts me again. He goes, "Well, I'm not doing any better, but I'm sure I'll be better in the morning. Stay ready." And I said, "Okay." I'm like you honor are off, and I said, "Well, I'll get up early and just uh, I'll be ready." And so, um, and I didn't tell him about. That God had already helped me type out an outline. I just anyway, I was going to let him and the Lord figure out if he was supposed to show up. He's pretty sick. He's got uh, some infections, some rashes. And he's going to go back to the doctor this afternoon. So we're we'll definitely be praying for him. And uh, but uh, so I get up. So uh, Jared, pure Jared style. At six, man, I'm worse than I thought. Uh, I'll let you know at six thirty. Like, okay. So I'm sitting there. So at 6.30, you're on. So here I am, okay? And so, um, in fact, the way this happened is like better illustration of what I was going to tell you three weeks from now. That apparently, for some reason, our God, who is the living God, wants us to hear today. So, um, yeah, here we go. And here's the principle I was going to teach three weeks ago. Begin to you understand why God might be up some something here today. Uh should be up on your screen. I can't see a screen. Why, why don't I see a screen? Yeah, the blank one. Anyway, um, I can't see a screen. You're right. There it is. So this is kind of a baseline principle for what we're going to talk about today that's uh, been in my heart for decades. Like God's ways are beyond figuring out. They're revealed through the scripture, through the picture of Jesus in the scripture, through his spirit, all kind of guidance, but we must listen. We must listen. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm glad, as you'll see this story, in no way uh, am I an expert at listening to God, but I have a deep hunger. Uh, I've, I've tried it the other way. I've tried just figuring God out, and I've tried just to do it my own way. Listening to God's ways is much superior. So Uh, I'm boasting in His ability, so I'm glad I prepared yesterday morning, not knowing I would use it this soon. But indeed, listen to that. God's ways are beyond figuring out. They are revealed, and we must listen. Now listen to this. What the world says, if you tell the world, yeah, man, I pray, you should pray. You put it on Facebook, we're going to pray, and it's all normal. We all talk to God, but you reverse that and say, I heard God. Now you're a weirdo. Normal to talk to God. Not so normal weirdo when you say, I hear from God or God said something that I could understand. And so that's what we're going to talk about. God's ways are beyond figuring out. And of course, if we understand anything about the nature of God, that's the way it has to be. His wisdom is much greater than our wisdom. We can't figure him out. He's just got to let us in on his secret. Jesus said, I'm going to call you to his disciples. I'm now going to call you friends, not just servants, because I'm going to let you know what I'm doing. I'm going to include you in what I'm doing. God's not predictable. He's not figure outable. He's not dull. He's not tame. The Scandinavians call him the wild goose. I mean, you're not going to figure him out. You've got... To have his ways revealed and you must listen. If we don't listen, we're going to waste our life. We'll waste our life doing wrong things. But for this crowd, maybe more dangerous is we'll waste our life doing a thousand good things and miss the one God thing God's calling you to do. You hear that? We'll waste our life doing good things. And so the question for us this morning is, what are you trying to figure out about life? Is it something about work? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I do this? Do I apply? Do I, what do I do? Is it, you're trying to figure out something vocationally. You're trying to figure out something spiritually, like what's my next step when, in uh, loving my family, my spouse, my kids, or what I teach them, or how we interact, or, or maybe the next step spiritually just how do I love my neighbors, or how do I just kind of incarnate and, and love somebody, or how do I have people over, or, I mean, what are you trying to figure out these days? Maybe you're trying to figure out how did I get here at whatever age you are on this day in August of 2018, wherever you live, are you going, how in the world? I would have never predicted I would be right here, right now in these circumstances. Is that, is that what you're trying to figure out? Why you're here? Maybe it's some open doors. God's, uh, you know, you're trying to figure out some open doors. Is that, am I really supposed to run through that or is that kind of a, kind of a vision test or? Or maybe it's closed doors, like, oh my gosh, God, why do you keep closing this door? I've got a desire to do this. And you keep closing the doors, or maybe, certainly for all of or even, yeah, we're a church of missional communities, love it. So all missional communities are all trying to figure out what's next, Lord. That's the main question we're supposed to be asking, what's next, Lord? Maybe your mission's changing, maybe your mission needs more clarity, but what are you trying to figure out? I want to say for all that. God's ways, beyond figuring out, they are revealed, and we must listen. One more thing we're all trying to figure out. Why am I so, so, so busy, and what do I do about it? Why are we so busy? Right? I think one reason we're busy, I already told you, is that you're trying to do a lot of good things because you won't slow down and let God tell you His God thing for you. And often when you're doing a bunch of good things, you're actually doing someone else's God thing. So you're even hurting them. So let's just relax. God's not the one making you busy. If we'll get busy at learning how to slow down and listen to God, our life and our soul will be much, much less busy. I promise. Acts 8, I love, love, love this story. We're going to look at halfway uh, Acts 8, the story of uh, There's three characters basically in this story There's the living God There's this guy named Philip Who's one of the deacon And then there's this Ethiopian eunuch And we're going to look at that in just a second I love it that the Bible speaks to real life issues Like what do we do with our crazy busy lives So again, the title of this message is Too Busy Not to Listen You're just simply too busy not to listen You're going to kill yourself. Slow down and listen. Learn to say no to bad things. Learn to say no to good things. So you can hear a God thing. It's it's the way to live. It really is the way to live. So some benefits if we begin to hear the voice of God, we'll we'll be less busy. As I just said, our souls will be less busy too. Life will be a greater adventure for you, I promise, a lot more fun. You'll just start stepping into these divine appointments, these seeming coincidences in life, and you'll just be in awe, like, oh, wow, I can't believe in that divine encounter with that purpose. And then super importantly, if you begin to listen, you'll realize your intimacy with God, which is the main thing we're here for, is just to love God and be with God. That's how we start defining what a follower-disciple is in this church. We need to learn to be with Jesus. A main part of being with Jesus, church, is talking and listening. It's called a relationship. Yeah. That's the main thing. Anyway, so Acts 8, we're going to start halfway through. We're going to start in verse 26. And then very simply today, my outline is going to be simple. It's going to be listen closely, listen continuously, listen courageously. Got it? Closely, continuously, courageously. Acts 8, start with verses 26 and 27. Hear the word of the Lord. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, This is a desert place, and he rose and went. Pretty simple, right? The angel of the Lord said to Philip. Now, I want your eyes to glance down to verse 29 later. This will be the second point, but I want you to see, and the Spirit said. So, the angel of the Lord said, Spirit said, what we're going to see this morning, Philip listened both times. He listened closely. And he listened continuously. We'll see he listened courageously. But who is this Philip? One of the three characters. Philip was a deacon. Philip was a guy who had a very close, intimate relationship with God. Philip uh, is in Acts chapter 6. One of the guys, when it said the apostles need to spend more time in the word and prayer. These people needed to begin some practical task of feeding. And they had kind of this chaotic thing. And the leaders there of the church in Jerusalem said, hey, pick out seven men of good reputation filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And the church didn't go, well, what would that look like? No, they went, oh, here's seven guys. One of those seven is Philip and made him a deacon. And he served the tables. The apostles spent more time in the word and prayer. The gospel, it said, went ahead and increased and multiplied. And then the Bible tells you, in the next chapter, it tells a story about I mean, the Apostle Paul is still murdering Christians at this point, murders uh, Stephen in chapter 7. In the first half of chapter 8, this deacon begins to get scattered because of the persecution. He gets to this half-breed place of Samaria, and he just tells them all he knows about Jesus. Tons of people come to know God, and that's one of the favorite verses of church, uh, this church comes from. It's one of the favorite verses of Jared, and there was much joy in that city. To be released and forgiven of all your sins brings great joy and there's much joy in that city. And so he's kind of like, man, he's kind of on a good roll. And then you get to this passage in verse 26, God kind of, I don't know where he was going. Oh, he'd gone back to Jerusalem. It had just said, uh, back in verse 25. So now he's back in Jerusalem. We don't know the circumstances, but here's one thing I want you to know about Philip. He wasn't God. He's human. He's no more justified than you, because we're equally justified if we're followers of Christ by the blood, life, and resurrection of Jesus, that we're right with God despite our sin. So he's a real human, and there's things that we can learn about being human from him, and one of them is, this morning, humans desperately need to know the voice of God, okay? And so that's, that's who he is, and... Um, He says, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's the road kind of headed south towards Africa. And it's interesting. It says, this is a desert place. Some of the nuances of the Greek, some people smarter than I that I read about a few days ago, was uh, that there's a play on word that probably meant it was noon. So in essence, this guy who just had incredible ministry in Samaria, he saw a whole city filled with joy Then he goes back to Jerusalem, and now God tells him to go out to the desert. Probably, being human, didn't make a whole lot of sense, right? A desert road. He was, rise and go toward the south. So he apparently was just sitting there. Somehow the Lord communicated. We don't have any more specific. And the angel of the Lord said to him, rise, go toward the south. To a particular road, going from a particular city to another particular city. And oh, by the way, it's a desert place. I love that God put us a desert place in there. Because often, as we have to listen closely to his still, small voice, it doesn't make sense. But, not a huge risk. I'm just changing my travel route, right? But he heard. He heard. And that's what he did. I just want to back up. Because this is a story about a great truth about God in the Bible, that He's a living God, and therefore He's the speaking God. And here's a few verses to say this is ordinary, normal, everyday Christianity, that He's a speaking God. He's speaking all around us. We just need to learn to tune up, turn up the volume a little bit. It's how Jesus taught in John 10. He said... The sheep hear his voice, talking about the gatekeeper. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep followed him. Why did they follow Jesus? Because they knew his voice. In verse 16 of the same chapter, it says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, which talking about Gentiles, these outsiders, I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. So the Jews are going to listen to His voice. His children are going to listen to His voice. These Gentiles are going to listen to His voice. And then same chapter, verse 27. It's all in John 10. He says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. Normal Christianity is hearing the voice of God. In John 18, verse... So you don't get them on the screen. It's one of the downsides of, you know, preaching at... uh, Finally preaching at 630. But anyway... That's good. Hear his voice. 1837. He says, Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So God's a speaking God. That example, these guys in the book of Acts, this unfolding story of the missional advance of the church. You saw this happen to Peter in Acts 10. It says Peter was pondering this vision God had gave him. It says the Spirit said to him. There's going to be three guys coming. And you can read that story later. And then in Acts thirteen two, at this great church, this church planning hub called Antioch, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. So anyway, this is normal to speak in a still small voice. God could scream. But this is a father child thing. Our relationship is an intimate thing. If you want to read a great book, just to prove this point, Dallas Willard's got a whole book on hearing God, developing a conversational relationship with God. And this may answer some maybe objection in your soul real quick. Uh, This is straight from the, the first little section. He says, as disciples of Jesus, I believe we cannot abandon faith in our ability to hear from God. And so if you've never had that faith or if you've had it and then abandoned it, Today, I want you to just know it's a journey. You're not going to figure it all out today. But you at least go on a journey and say, I cannot abandon faith in our ability to hear from God. The number one rule, Willard says, about hearing from God, you could probably guess it if you thought, because he goes on to say, God didn't want you to be robots. He could do that and just, you know, just spout out instructions and you would obey a whole lot more than you do now. But God didn't make you a robot because he wants a relationship, yeah, a friendship with you where you talk to each other and hang out with one another. God could have created a world of robots instead of free people who love him and understand how to participate in the king with the king and kingdom work. If we were robots, there would be no conversations. It would simply be direction and conformity. That picture robs people of initiative and freedom that goes into true friendship with the living God. This cooperative creativity. Now, that's what Christianity is. That sounds a lot better, doesn't it? One more quote. Because here's the main thing about where you need to start with uh, hearing from God, listening to God, knowing His voice. Our communion with God provides the appropriate context for communications between us and Him. See, our communion with him is the context for our communications with him. Our relationship. It's a relational thing. It's intimacy. You'll learn his voice. You'll learn the particulars of his voice. So that's just a sermon within a sermon. It's like normal Christianity. His sheep hear his voice. Yes, through devouring the word and seeing Jesus, but also through these other ways that we see over and over again in the scriptures. So, listen closely. God's not a cop that's pulled you over because you were speeding and scowling at you. He's a dad who's smiling at you. And how every day invites you into relationship with you. You should start your daily time with God if you understood the gospel, that it's not a ladder to climb up and, you know, by the end of the day, maybe I've done enough good things to please him. No, the gospel says you get to start at the top of the ladder every day because you're right with God despite your sin. And then he just says, let's enjoy each other today. That's the gospel way to live and to preach the gospel to yourself. Seriously, here's the way God wants you to view. You crack open, get your coffee, your Bible, your journal when you're meeting with God. What you need to know is that God's sitting there doing this. I rejoice over you. I applaud over you because I see Jesus. He's won you back to me. Let's enjoy each other today. That is good. He's the hero of that drama, by the way. Okay, that's Philip. Very simply, go to a different road. Um, Lindy and I have been, she and Billy are back there serving the kids today. You know, I'm now known around here as, you know, Lindy's husband. And uh, it's a good thing to be known for. It's like, I know, but we're, every every week, where is she? Well, she's back there sometimes. Okay, real simple. Here's some things we've learned, Philip and Lindy and I. Trying to learn to listen. So, March 2017, just a year and a half ago, uh, Jared and Megan were actually there. Ten couples in summer, had the soul care retreat, and towards the end of the second day, uh, it was a particularly hard time because of some circumstances in our family uh, outside that gathering and even some stuff we talked about. And Lindy was feeling pretty guilty, a lot of shame, had to do with some parenting stuff. None of y'all have ever experienced that. I know moms and dads, but anyway. And so they gave us an exercise to do late the second day and said, hey, go spend 45 minutes We're out at a camp out in the middle of Tennessee somewhere overlooking some river. I don't know what river it was, um, but pretty cool place. And the assignment was, take 45 minutes and just walk around and try to pay attention to what you see and sm- feel and taste and touch. But ask this question. What's God inviting you into? That's the question. 45 minutes. Everybody go your separate ways. What's God inviting you into? And Lindy's like, oh, my gosh. Feel with shame. She goes, all these people are going to come back. And God's going to speak to them. And they're going to have the ability to Listen. And they're going to have these amazing stories, but not me. That's the way she felt. Would any of you feel that way? That's what she felt. And she's like, golly, golly. They said you could go as couples. They said, what, do you want me to go with you? She goes, no, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. So everybody's like traipsed around, and Rusty was there, and he like, you know, found him down by the river. And Lindy's like, filled with shame. She was obedient, but she found the chair closest to the house, literally sat two feet from the house and just sat there, going, God's not going to speak to me. God said, go outside. And you know what Lindy did? She went outside. We'll finish that story later. She listened close. I had a couple instances and I was trying to learn this. One of them was six or seven years ago. I tried to learn this question. I read my Bible. And then uh, as I ask myself some questions, often I try, not as often as I'd like, I just say, okay, God, why did you show me that today? And sh- why do I need that today? And I try to pay attention. On this one particular day, I was practicing that. I'm trying to learn to learn the voice of God. And best thing I knew, he said, "Call Tim." Tim had just been at our house three weeks before. He was a potential church planning resident. He ended up moving there. I didn't have any idea why he wanted me called Tim. It was a particularly hard decision and choice for him and Nicole. Um, and so I called him, and uh, you know, because. That's all I heard from the Spirit. Real courageous stuff I'm doing, right? And so I uh, called Tim, and I love Tim. He's the funnest guy. I'm the funnest guy, so this is not a burden. Well, he didn't answer, so what did I do? You know, kind of typical Chuck. Man, I just gave him like a 45-second Chuck you know, sermon. And Man, I love you, and just so glad you and Nicole are thinking about coming, and this is going to be awesome, yada, 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 yada. That's all I did. Okay? I called Tim, and he went outside. Philip took a different street. One other example is I was trying to learn this not too long after the deal about Tim. I literally, uh, that morning, it was back when I was in full-time ministry, and and I used to go to the Edge coffee shop on Mondays. This particular Monday morning, I was listening. God, you know, I just heard him say, go to a different coffee shop today. And guess what I did as a man full of courage and faith? I went to a different coffee shop because I'm willing to do anything for God. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Okay? So there you have it. Philip went a different road. Lindy went outside. I called Tim and I went to a different coffee shop. That's the stuff of miracles right there. But let's wait and watch what the living God had in mind for Philip that day and for Lindy and for me on those two days check it out. Let's start with Philip. This is crazy. And he rose and went, verse 27, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. This guy's like in charge. I mean, he's an important guy. He's from Africa. That's where Ethiopia is. I mean, we're 9, 9, 9.999% sure. I mean, he's He's Ethiopian, he's a dark, African, Negro gentleman, but he had been castrated, he's a eunuch, very common back then for people to be trusted in these higher realms, and so he was like the treasure, and so um, this guy most likely is, as these experts will tell us, uh, in the country where he grew up in, family of origin would have taught him that there's many gods and the sun god, and for whatever reason it seems that this guy was dissatisfied with his life. He wasn't fulfilled. And so he goes to Jerusalem. Uh, Now he's coming back. He's perhaps seeking God. And it says uh, he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And this is the second point here. Listen not only closely, listen continuously. Because often God will tell you one thing to do. Then you think, well, I got it. But you don't got it. He wants... That's the start of the relationship, not the end of the relationship. Like Abraham in Genesis 12, when he's saying the promised land, he says, leave your country and go to a land that I will show you. Where am I going? Just go, and I'll show you later. So listen closely, but listen continuously. Don't presume upon the Lord uh, the what, how, and why, just because you've got an initial step. Keep listening. And that's what we see in verse 29. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Okay, and again, rocket science. So Philip ran. Love this guy. He ran to the chariot and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked. Now, he didn't know he was reading Isaiah yet. How could he have known? He just sees this chariot, and this Ethiopian guy, and the spirit goes, Well, I'm on this desert road. It's noon. It's hot. Holy cow. Okay, go to the chariot. Okay, God. Boom. I wish I was like that. Ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me and he invited Philip to come up and sit with him? You're going to end up in unexpected places when you begin to listen and follow the Lord. And now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before it shears is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation "...for his life is taken away from him." And the eunuch said to Philip, "...about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else?" Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. See, there wasn't water there. They were on a desert road. But apparently this is the last watering hole for a long journey from Gaza down back to Africa." He sees this water. Apparently, they continued their journey up in the chariot. He says, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Because Philip just explained the whole story about this Jesus. And he goes, I want to join the story of Jesus. And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way re Joy Joy in Samaria. Joy into Africa. That's what the good news of Jesus does for people. And that's the divine encounter that Philip did. Now, Philip would have been right with God and could have been forgiven if he would have ignored the promptings of the Holy Spirit and said, Go down south on this Gaza road, Right? It wouldn't have ended his life. But do you think Philip had any regret from just doing what didn't make sense when he sensed he was hearing from God? Not a chance he had any regret, okay? It's crazy. When God... If, so here's God. He's given Acts 1-8. He goes, here's what's going to happen, church. The Spirit's going to fill you guys. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, how am I going to do that? You see... Philip, if he goes, okay, let's strategize church about how we're going to get the gospel to Africa. I mean, they could have wasted years in planning. They could have had strategy upon strategy and plan upon plan. But the number one plan always, always has to be, when we ask God, Jesus is the head of the church. And God's simple plan was, go a different road because I'm going to be working with you, Philip. And we got this eunuch who's curious about God. He's going to be in a chariot. I'm going to tell you to go to the chariot. He's already reading Isaiah, a passage about Jesus. Who's the hero of that story? Who's the great big missional God? Who's the unpredictable God? Who's the God who wants to send you on an adventure of joining Him and blessing maybe even Continents is what happened that day Is the gospel reached the continent of Africa because Philip knew the voice of God and took a different route. We're too busy not to listen. There would have been a thousand good things Philip could have done that day. But did the God thing, a thing that probably didn't make sense. Well, what happened when Lindy... Just went outside in her shame. She's given me permission to share this. She sits down. She's looking around, and what you're going to see out of the story is that this girl, my wife, got saved at six, and the Word of God she's been poured into her. And she's dug into it. And you're going to see that coming out. Because the first thing, remember the question is, God, what are you inviting me into? The first thing God invited her into is to pay attention to these cattle grazing on a hill. And the scripture comes out from Isaiah that God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And what she, since she heard from God was, I own the cattle of a thousand hills and I own your shame. I'm going to cover it. And I'm going to remove it. Yeah. And you're going to be okay. She was thrilled. God, what are you inviting me into? Saw the cattle. The next thing, she looked down. Literally. And we were actually back there a few weeks ago. And this is, she, we took another picture of it. Big reeds were growing up. Because this big thing down in towards the river just reeds And out of all of them standing tall there was one of them that was broken and again she remembered the scripture from Isaiah that said a bruised talking about God's love for his kids and how he disciples a bruised reed I will not break a smoldering wick I will not snuff out so God said listen I know you're a bruised reed let's have a relationship come to me Come to me. We'll deal with this shame. We'll deal with this guilt. Come to me. I'm not going to break you. I'll be gentle with you. She continued to ask God, what He invited me into? She saw a third thing. Across the hill next to the cattle was this farmer plowing his field. And God invited her into a season. He goes, I'm doing a fresh new work in your heart. Just as that plowing's going on over there. I want to plow up your heart. I want to plant some fresh seeds of life. Who's the hero? What did Lindy do? Barely went outside. But just like Philip, she did it. Didn't make sense. So what happened? I called Tim, left him at 45. Second message went about my day. It's hardly noteworthy. Probably would have never thought it again, except later that day or the next day, Tim and Nicole called, uh, didn't get me, and they left me a message. And they said, man, you'll never know how God met us in your 45-second voicemail. We've listened to it six times, and we've wept with encouragement. Are you kidding me? What did I do? Probably driving to work in a hurry. The best I knew. Called Tim. I called Tim. I mean, that's how good God is. He's the hero of that story. And then an amazing story. The other one, to go to a different coffee shop. This could take a couple hours, but to summarize, I walk into the coffee shop. The owner, who I knew, because I'd been there many times before... So Chuck, I'm just a hippie Christian. I need you to talk to Kristen because I've given her all my hippie Christian answers, and it's not enough. Will you talk to Kristen? I said, sure. And so Kristen and I sat down and she began to tell me this story. Kristen grew up in Jonesboro, Arkansas. She went to uh, A State um, probably in the early 80s or 80s, so anyway. Um, and so she married an international student there. He was from Oman. Uh, went back, lives in this mansion on the coast, really connected with his family, and she converted to be a Muslim. She became a Muslim priestess, memorized the Quran. and her words deconverted a bunch of Christians and converted them to Islam. Had two boys, and then 15 years passed, and so they go and celebrate their anniversary. She and her husband, and at her under- anniversary dinner, um... This big, fancy 18,000-star hotel, he goes, hey, I'm going to take a second wife. It's going to be my man, niece. I need you to teach her how to be a good wife, especially how to bake, because you're a really good baker. She lost it. She began, she went back up, but she's kind of basically imprisoned because they've the passports and all their money and checking accounts are locked in a safe to which she doesn't know the code. So for months, she goes back, begins to pray, begins to pray, begins to pray. Just desperately, and this guy, this guy's evil, the lights are coming on, but she didn't know. She's, you know, bound town. just like um, they do as Muslims. And then she remembered, she goes, I have some, in her words, Backwoods Church of Christ people from the hills of Arkansas. When they pray, all they do is end it in Jesus' name. So she began to pray, same time, same place, in Jesus' name. And God began to give her some dreams. They gave her hope. Weeks, months pass. A hurricane hits. Do we have time for the story? Can we keep going? Uh, I was kidding. I was kidding. Everybody loves the story. Anyway, water fills the house. Her husband leaves, and he says, "She goes, what about me and your boys? We're like sixteen and fourteen at the time." He goes, oh, "I'll send the coast guard for y'all. I gotta get my parents." So now they're in this house. They're talking. She goes, "Water's filling up." And in that, he finally, because of the hurricane. Gives her the combination to the safe so they can get stuff out. And she grabbed the passports and the banking accounts and left the country that day and never returned. And when I met her, it was four years after that. She had been searching for God for four years. And what she shared with me that day in that coffee shop, she says, I've been going to church. I'm not getting my answers. But here's three things I know for sure. One is I have to know whether Jesus is Lord because my soul is at stake. And if He's Lord, I need to recant my Islam, and I need to follow Him, and I will follow Him. Second thing I know is I'm going to spend all of my energy trying to answer that question because I know I will die and go to hell until I answer that question. And third, she goes, if Jesus is who you Christians are presenting Him to be, that's the best news I've ever heard, and I will gladly be a missionary for Him every day of my life. Okay, Chuck the Courageous Missionary, what has Chuck done at this point? I went to a different coffee shop. And then I said, yes, I'll let Kristen sit down with me. Went and bought an ESV study Bible. We talked for a couple hours, drew out the story of God. Two weeks later, God graciously saved her. She's gotten cancer since then, moved to Florida, moved back. She comes to our missional community some. Great girl. Again, listen closely. Listen continuously. That's the kind of things, when God woke up, God didn't wake up. When I woke up, God was already up. He knew Kristen needed the gospel and he knew Tim needed encouragement. So he told me, call Tim, go to a different coffee shop. That's Christianity. The living God can do amazing, amazing, amazing things. Okay. Third, listen courageously. We have to respond. Just want to close by giving uh, two uh, suggested action steps for any of those who are here today that are not yet followers, not yet believers in our precious Jesus. I want to give two for those of any position in leadership, then two suggested action steps. Uh, For disciples who want to learn to be with Jesus. First, if you're not yet a follower for Jesus, here's what I want to just commend to you today. I want to commend to you today this Ethiopian eunuch. I want to commend to you today that you can hear the voice of God like that Ethiopian eunuch. Here's one thing about that Ethiopian eunuch this brother was an outsider. We don't know much. His family of origin taught him to be this mystic, you know, polytheistic dude. He was dissatisfied. He didn't fit into Judaism, but perhaps word traveled that the the one true living God dwells in Jerusalem among the people of God. But he's an outsider to Jerusalem, but he went anyway. He was an outsider, skin color, race. And so maybe, not maybe, there are people in the room some of you might listen to this later, but most importantly, in the room, that right now you think you're an outsider, either with people or with God. You're an outsider, and He would never lead you with His voice. You'll never be able, because you're an outsider, you're not good enough. You're not holy enough to be able to listen to the voice of God. If you're an outsider, I want to commend to you not only the Ethiopian... But I want to commend to you that Jesus, look in verse 32, this passage in Isaiah, the same God of The Ethiopian eunuch is the same God of you. And the same Jesus that's revealed in Isaiah is the same Jesus alive today. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And the same heart of God to bring joy into outsiders' hearts and include them is still alive today. And today can be a huge day for you. It says, this is about Jesus in verse 32. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb, before its shears, is silent. If you're not a follower of god hear this jesus was the perfect listener he was led like a sheep to the slaughter who led him his perfect dad led his perfect son to the slaughter you see that slaughter was on calvary it was the crucifix it was the cross and they wouldn't kill people inside the camp jesus was the only true insider with god the only one who didn't sin all of us in this room sin and fallen far short of the glory of god But what happened on Calvary at the cross is Jesus, who was an insider with God, surrounded by all these outsiders who had broken trust with God and therefore didn't have a relationship with God, Jesus, it said, went outside the camp. So Jesus, who's the perfect listener, listened to the voice of his father lead him to be an outsider and to die a perfect substitutionary death on the cross. He was the Lamb of God who was slaughtered. To take away all the sins of the world including yours and mine. He became an outsider with God. And God punished him and poured out his wrath. So that we outsiders could be insiders. And that's the free gift. All the condemnation, wrath and punishment we all deserve. On that day God poured out on him. When he was an outsider. And now we get to be insiders and in a relationship with God. Part of which is just walking with him intimately And talking to him and hearing his voice. Today. Is your Ethiopian eunuch conversion day? Today. Not tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. When you can receive the love and forgiveness of God. So hear God's voice like the eunuch did. In that book of Isaiah. Second, what I encourage you to do. If you're not yet a believer, read Luke 15 this week. Or grab a Christian friend and read Luke 15 this week. Luke 15, when I introduce people to Christianity, I say, you know, if you're an alien coming down from outer space and you want to know what Christianity is all about, read Luke 15. Because it's about a party-throwing, gracious dad who has open arms, both for all of his religious snob children... And all of his rebellious, non-trusting children. So read Luke 15. If you want to talk or pray to the service, come find me if that's you. I have two potential applications, action steps, responses. If you want to listen courageously for leaders. Hey leaders, read Joshua 1. You'll find what, how God calls you to be strong and courageous because he's with you. And how he will speak to you. And also what you'll see in there is how your people are begging for you to slow down and hear from God. Sheep want to be led. So leaders, read Joshua 1. And then second for your group, I want to give you an experiment to try all you leaders at any level. And just try some listening prayer to see if God will speak. Put that uh, Psalm 62, 1 on the screen. Just read this one verse and then give ten or fifteen minutes to let everybody think. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Just keep that up the rest of the morning. Leaders, create some space for that. I can tell you the stories that very simple exercise. We did that in one of these same retreats. Had 15 minutes of silence. Then we had the I mean, I thought, man, no, uh, what's gonna happen from this? What happened was two hours, some of the most encouraging conversations I've ever heard as people were given just words of encouragement for like, hey, I want to encourage you. Hey, I want to encourage you. And that's what they heard. So leaders, create space for silence. God alone, my soul waits in silence for from Him. We sing that only from Him, the gospel, comes my rescue and my salvation. And then two action steps for disciples learning to be with Jesus Devour the scriptures this week, and then ask yourself the question that I'm still learning to try to ask. Finish your Bible study time and your prayer time with this. God, why today? Why did you show me what you showed me in your word? Why today? And then just give yourself two minutes. Just two minutes. And if he says, call Tim. Go to a different coffee shop. Go to the desert road. Write somebody a note. Whatever he says Listen close, listen, listen continuously, listen courageously. And be courageous like me and go to a different coffee shop, okay? And just see what happens. And then a second potential application for you disciples wanting to be with Jesus. Just do what? Bless Lindy. Take a 45-minute walk. It can be in a city. It can be in the country. It can be around your living room. Just say, God, what are you inviting me into? Just do that over and over and listen. Listen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a literal two minutes. And we're going to listen. Then we're going to take communion. I do this our group all the time. They're used to it. And when I mean two minutes, you ready? Go. All right, there's your two minutes. I would encourage you to learn listen close, listen continuously, and to listen courageously. We're going to take communion now because communion is about bread and wine. It's about body and blood. It's about a whole person, Jesus, dying a real death on a real day in history so that God could punish him. God treated him as an outsider, so you get to be inside with God today. So whether you're a member of this church or not, it doesn't matter. If you're a member of God's family... And here's your Lord. Come and enjoy one of these four stations. And we just ask that you do that now. If you want to talk or pray, I'm here now or after the service.